0: called Sync. And what we're going to be talking about is how we can be better in sync with God's plan for our life. You know, as churchy or as religious as it may sound, God really does have a plan for your life. And the more we get on board with that plan, the more in sync our life will be with the life God intends for us to live, so if you came today and you're you're feeling down, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling like there's too much to get done, and you can't, you just can't find enough time to do it, or you're confused about life, well, it could be because you're not in sync with what God has planned for you. You know, the Bible says that God determines the times. And places that we should live. That means that for every person in this room, God determined that you were going to occupy space and oxygen at this point in time on the earth. He did. Now, He doesn't force us to do anything. We have to respond and we have a choice whether or not we're going to obey Him or be in sync and get on His plan for our lives. You know, a lot of areas of life, if you're not in sync, things just get kind of confusing. You know, my computer and my phone and my wife's computer and phone, we, we've got all this, you know, this software that helps keep us in sync. My calendar and my contacts are the same. When I change it, it changes it in all four places. When she changes it, it changes it in all four places. And then times when I forget to put something on there, it creates a little bit of stress. It can create some problems. Just last night, she was saying, what's your next week look like? And I'm going to be out of town three days. She didn't even quite realize that because I hadn't put it in the place it was supposed to be. So she would know that when she's trying to plan what's going on for the week. So you can get in trouble by not having your life in sync. See, God created you to have a relationship with Him. Not just a relationship that says, I'm going to go to church and sing some songs and pray and be a good person. But a relationship that radically changes the way you live, that causes you to think differently, that causes you to act differently. God created us to be in that kind of relationship. And when we don't get in with God's plan, when we get out of sync with his plan, life just doesn't work like it's supposed to. Since human beings have existed, that's been an issue us having a hard time getting with God's plan for our life. Whether you're here for the first time, just checking out our church today, or you're still just investigating the claims of Christ to see if they might be true and applicable to your life, or maybe you've followed Christ for years, your life will be better if you get in sync with God's plan for it. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. We give these out every week at LifePoint because we want everybody who doesn't have a Bible to have one in their hand. At LifePoint, you need to know we believe the words in there are true. And if you read them, apply them to your life, you will know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep. Follow along in there, or you can read on the screen as I read from different parts of Scripture today as we're seeking to get with God's plan for our life. So over and over again in Scripture, God reveals His plan. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. So everything I need, if I'm a follower of Christ, I already have to follow God. I can't say, well, I just don't have what it takes to live a godly life. Yes, you do, because God has given you everything that you need to do it. You already possess, if you're a follower of Christ, everything you need to live a godly life. You don't have to pray harder or obey a set of rules or or go through certain religious ritual. If you follow Christ, you've got in your grasp everything you need to live that godly life, that godly life that is synced up with God's plan for you as an individual. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, is when Jesus said, I've come so that you can have life and have it to the full. So every area of my life where it's not full, the full life is an area where I'm not synced up with God because that's his desire. It's for us to be living a full life. And I see people every day who are running through life so fast that they're going to get to the end and look back and go, man, what happened? That was quick. Where did that go? It went so fast because you were going so fast. Or people who are confused and unsure about the future or unhappy with what they're doing. I won't ask for a show of hands, but if I said, who's unhappy in their current life or situation right now, I bet a lot of hands in here would go up. God didn't create you to live that kind of life. He said, I'm here so that you can have a full life. And that doesn't mean a full calendar and a full plate. It means a full, complete, satisfying, joyful life. That's what God wants promises so in this room there are two groups of people i could split as 50 50 you're either in one group or the other you're either in the group that your life is out of sync that when a stressful day comes your way or a stressful week or month or year the last thing you think about is i should drop to my knees and pray you're out of sync when you rarely open this book Maybe on Sunday morning, but that's about it. It sits closed the rest of the time. Maybe you don't open this book and maybe you don't pray because you don't know how. And we're going to talk about that later in this series. People in this group who are out of sync, they... They tend to run fast all the time and they have too much on their plate and they can't get done everything they think they need to get done and things are just fast and quick and, and some people are so good at it, they project all that fast-paced life onto their kids. You know, so 15 years from now when they're sitting in counseling, you know, just go ahead and give them the money now if you run that kind of a life. Because that's where they're going to end up. Because you're busy and you're fast. So you take their little calendars and you fill it up with every single thing you can. And their lives are out of sync before they ever have a chance to get in sync. Because you're out of sync. If you feel like you're going through life with a burden. And you're just carrying this weight. You're not living the way Christ promised you could live. Because he said, my burden is light. And if you feel like life is carrying a heavy burden day after day, month after month, year after year, you are out of sync. Now, there's another group of people in here, a group of people who are in sync with what God's plan is for their lives. And if you've ever been here, you know that, that, that what people do when they're synced up with God's plan and on board with His plan, and a stressful day comes their way, it's met with a lot of prayer. And when somebody in sync knows that that something stressful's on its way or something's coming up that's going to be difficult, they know where to go to get answers. They go and open up God's word. It's a regular thing in their life. And people who are in sync know the value of sitting down with your family and looking into the, the, the eyes of your spouse and looking into the eyes of your children and letting them know how much you care. That's more important than anything else on your calendar. Or any amount of success or money. Somebody that's in sync, they know that. And they prioritize. And yes, stressful days come their way too, just the same. But they know how to meet it head on. With prayer, with Bible study. And then God gives that peace. See, if you're over here, you don't have a lot of peace in your life. And and your calendar's just full and you're running breakneck speed all the time. If you've got too much... On your to-do list, and you can't get it all done. There's only one of two options. Just write this down. One of two options. Number one, you're a terrible time manager. You do not know how to manage your time. You 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 just too much. You 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 play video games all day. You talk on the phone. I don't know. Whatever. You just manage your time horribly, and so you feel like, oh my gosh, there's all this pressure. I gotta get all this done. Or that's one option. Or the other option is. There are things in your life that are not part of God's plan because God would never make something part of my plan and then never give me the time to get it done. So that's the only two options. So if this is you, then you've got to think, am I a bad time manager or do I have just too much on my plate, things that God would never have me put there? It's the only two options. So what we're going to do in this series, for those of you that are living here, and I won't ask for a show of hands because most would probably go up. I'm just going to assume a lot of people are out of sync with God's plan for their life. So throughout the next several weeks of this series, we're going to talk about some very practical ways that you can get into this group, the group that knows what it takes to get on board with God's plan for their life, the group that's not immune to problems, but the group that knows how to deal with it when they do come, the group that's not immune to busy schedules, but they know how to prioritize And they know you can't manage time no matter what because you can't like have a savings account with time in it. When it goes, it goes. It's not like money. You can't make more of it. When it's finished, it's finished. People who live here know that. And so they make use of every possible minute of their life and they do it with the understanding that God truly has a plan. So if you want to move from over there to over here, there's some things you're going to have to implement into your life. And that's what this series is about. Those things that we're going to implement. Like like prayer. How is it that you pray? Some people don't pray because they don't know how. And we're going to unpack that in in a future message in this series. And then Bible study. Sometimes Bible study can be very intimidating to open up God's Word and just read it. Because there are stories in there that sometimes they just don't make a lot of sense. And you read God doing one thing in one story that doesn't seem like what you thought God would do, and then it seems contradictory in another story. The Bible can sometimes get very confusing if you just open it up and start reading stories. We're going to talk about, well, how do I open this thing up called the Bible that they call Scripture, God's Word? How do I open it up and really use it in a way that helps me get on board with God's plan for my life? And if you're one of those people I talked about that's either a terrible time manager or you're doing things in your life that God never had to be part of your plan, we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack what all that means in a future message of this series. So it's your choice. Do I want to live over here or over here? And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear some very practical ways that you can move from being out of sync to in sync. And today I'm going to talk to you about the, the, the big first step that all of us can take to start to get on board with God's plan for our life. It's to start to know ourselves a little bit better and to understand how and why God made us. When we were putting this series together months ago, I remember thinking, we need a tool so people can do some kind of self-evaluation. So I started looking, looking and looking and, and this one tool came our way and I thought, man, That's expensive. So we're going to have to have people pay for it. And then I thought, no, let's let's talk about, let's just do it. Let's just invest in our church, in every person. Let's invest in them where they can go through this process. I'm going to share details with that with you in just a minute. And they can determine how God wired them up. So we did that. We made the investment. It's free to you, and I'm going to tell you how to do that in just a minute. If I'm going to get synced up with God's will, I've got to understand that God made me to be me. He made me to be me. And frustration comes in life when we try to be somebody that we're not. Did you ever try to do something you're just not good at or you're not gifted at because you see somebody else do it, you think it might be cool, so you give it a shot and you're terrible at it, It, and and you just try to be that person and be like that person? It's frustrating. God didn't make you to be, if you love what you see Eddie do, and you think, "I, I want to be Eddie but you don't have any, any kind of uh, gift to hear music and reproduce that and play it, then too bad, okay? You're not going to be on this stage, maybe in your living room, but not here. Because it's not your gift. And if you try to be that, it's going to be frustrating for you, and it's going to be frustrating for everybody else. So be who God made you to be. Now, some people use that as an excuse. I mean, if you're really, really rude... God didn't make you to be rude. You got rude because you learned how to do it by practicing. Or you're hard to get along with, not because God made you hard to get along with, but because you've worked at it really hard throughout the years, and you've become very good at it. So you can't say, Oh, that's just the way God made me. I'm just rude. I'm just a difficult person. That's the way He made me. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about the giftedness that God has extended to each of us by His grace and the skills and the talents that He's blessed each of us with because of His grace. When I was an undergraduate, I remember having a very difficult time trying to determine what I wanted to do. So I'd gone through like six majors and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And and back then... This was in the late 80s, so the way you found a major then, you didn't jump on the internet and look at the the school website. You had this big thick catalog, y'all remember that? And you open up the catalog and you, you start looking. And I remember the ones I was interested in were well, the ones I determined would make a lot of money. You know, so I just made that my top three. And it wasn't long until I determined those are subjects that I'm just not good at. I mean, they're just things that I just my mind it, I didn't even know pastor was on was an option then, but but I can remember just being very confused about it. So I went to a professor who I became very good friends with, and I said, man, I'm having trouble here. I, got, I can go to school. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity, and, and, and I just can't figure out what I want to do. I mean, at this point, I'm like 20 years old and trying to think, what is it that I want to do? And, how? and I remember he said something that I've never forgotten, that I've told other people, and you've probably heard this, but he said to me, Donnie, if you, like, if you love what you're doing, you'll never have a job. And I was like, okay, now unpack that for me. Explain that for me. I didn't quite understand what he meant. What he was trying to tell me was, if you determine what it is you love to do, and you go do that, it will never feel like you have a job. If you get to do what God created you to do, and he didn't put it in spiritual terms, but it's a very spirit, it has a very spiritual application. If I start to do what God wired me up to do, It'll never feel like I have a job. That's just how it works. I mean, there are things that you might have to do that you don't love, but for the most part, if you can get on board with God's plan and see how God wired you up and start to do those things, you'll never feel like you have a job. Now, some people do things they love to do, but they're not good at it. Like golf, right? Some people try to play golf, they're terrible at it, they stink at it, but they love it. That's called a hobby. That's not a gift, it's just a hobby. But I'm not talking about hobbies, I'm talking about the area of giftedness in your life. Because life just works better when we're in the zone of our giftedness. Not just better for us, but better for everybody around us. It's better for you that I work in the area of my giftedness. Because if I decided one day, hey, hey Eddie, give me your guitar. I am going to play today. I'm going to be the one, you talk and I'll do the guitar part. Wouldn't work. Not my area of giftedness. I can play an instrument, but not because I'm gifted. It's because somebody taught me how to do it. So you could probably be taught a few chords and how to strum and how to make it sound somewhat pleasant. But to the giftedness that you see people stand here and share with us, that only comes from God. Whether you use it for God is up to you. But that only comes from God. Not a learned skill, but a gift. Have you ever met anybody, like, just just keep thinking about music, that you're like, that person is gifted. Nobody taught them that. That's just natural. Seen a little kid just all of a sudden start doing something musically. That is a gift. And if I started trying to play this for you, neither you nor I would enjoy it. Or if I pulled up the microphone and said, I'm going to take the lead vocals, we wouldn't enjoy it. I could do it. But nobody would enjoy it. So when you are in your area of giftedness, when you're doing what, doing what you were created to do by God, the way He wired you up and the way He gifted you, you'd only benefit from it All the people around you benefit from you using the gift that God gave you. Because spiritually speaking, God extended by His grace to every person a gift. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, speaking to a church in Rome, says this. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, which just means speaking on God's behalf, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, so don't think, well, my gift didn't get in the Bible. It didn't make it. That's not what he's trying to say. These are all the gifts. What what Paul is trying to tell this church in Rome and us today is whatever your gift is, however God wired you up in your area of giftedness, serve passionately. Do it in a way to where people wonder if you're working or playing. Life will work better when you're in your area of giftedness. There's never been a day in all my years of being a pastor that I've sat down there waiting on the band to finish so I can walk up here and teach. And I was like, oh gosh, man, I hate this. I'm scared. I don't want to talk to people. I just, I, I'm, I'm, this is not me. Never, ever. Have I felt like I'm wearing something that doesn't fit when it comes to doing this? I mean, people do wonder, is he working or is he having fun? Is it play? What is it? It's because I took to heart what a professor 20 plus years ago told me. And I found an area and was led to an area that I loved. The area that God gifted me in. And it's never felt a day like a job when I stand up here and share from God's word with you. Now, there are things in my area of responsibility that I'm not good at, that I don't like to do, but I have to do just because it comes under the the job description, like spreadsheets, I would rather ram a pencil in my ear than to have to sit and go through spreadsheets. But I have to do it. Now, I have people around me that do it and do a wonderful job. But I have to kind of look. It's my responsibility and I'm accountable to it. So I've got to look. And, you know, like three minutes, I'm like, are we done? I mean, this is boring. How can anybody enjoy that? But People can enjoy that when that's how God wired them up. Now, you were gonna ha- You can't just say, well, I'm only going to do the things that I'm gifted to do and nothing else. That's not gonna work. But you need to mostly do the things that you're gifted at and God wired you up to do. When you do that, just think about in in your in your profession. If you do that, if you find a profession that you're good at, that you're gifted at, that you do well in, it's not going to feel like you have a job, but also it won't matter how much money you make, it won't matter where you live. And I've watched people, when they find out what they're good at, give up lots of money to go do what they're good at. I've watched people pick up their family and go halfway around the world, and I'm going, what in the world are you doing? They're getting to go do what God created them to do. And my desire is that every one of you who feel like life's a little bit out of sync, that our investment in you will help you move from being out of sync to finding how God wired you up, and moving because of His grace to living a life that's in sync with Him and His plan for you. Spiritual gifts are given to every person, whether you follow Christ, believe Him, or not. God gave them to you and He wired you up that way. The words words for spiritual gift. The Greek word is charismata it starts out with the word kara which just means to bring joy charis which literally means grace and then charismata which means spiritual gifts or grace gifts and grace is defined as getting something you don't deserve so your gift is not a skill that you learn it's something that was given to you by god you need to write this down using my gifts will help me sync up with God's plan for my life. And that's true. Can you imagine what life would be like if you knew exactly how God wired you up? You knew it for sure. This is how God wired me up. Maybe you're unemployed right now. You're seeking for another career or something like that. And then all of a sudden you find out how God wired you up. How would life be different? So I started thinking, what would our church be like if every person knew how God wired them up everybody because you hear us get up sometimes and say hey guess what you've got an opportunity to be a greeter today you've got the opportunity sign that sheet that's going around checking on the back of your what's up card to change diapers during church you know what the translation is we need people to greet and we need people to change diapers that's what I'm really saying but it's an opportunity for you to serve that's true and sometimes it's just a band aid because maybe you don't like kids or you're scared to death to talk to somebody else. And God didn't wire you up to be an extrovert and you get up and your palms are sweaty and oh, like, here comes a person. I got to say hello. It's okay. If God didn't wire you up to do that. But what would it be like instead of us getting up and saying, okay, you got to do this and you got to do that? Now that's going to happen. There's going to be areas of need that you just got to do no matter what your gifts are because it needs to happen. But what if you could sync up your gift with an area of service just at our church and also in the world? But just just think about just our our church setting, our small circle. What would it be like? So we said, well, let's let's invest in everybody and make sure they can discover what that is. And you may have done this before, but we searched for a tool and the tool we ended up finding was called is called assessme.org. Now, you can get there. By going home, if you're sixth grade and up, this is available to you. Fifth grade and down, uh, this is this wouldn't be good for you. But you would it'd be hard to understand. Not trying to insult your intelligence, fifth graders, if you're in here. But parents, you decide whether or not your sixth grader can take this or not. There's some, you know, it could be a little difficult for them to get it at points. But if you go to this website, lifepointchurch.com/slash/me, what will come up, and I'm just going to walk you through every step of this. So. You will know exactly what to do when you get home. So when you go to our website, just the regular LifePoint website, just type me in there, and you, this is going to come up. And then you go to register now. And it's, it's fast and free because we made it fast and free for you because we want you to know how God wired you up. And it's going to take about 25 or so minutes to do this. If you have ADD, it might take three days, but <laughs> you may have to come back to it. But if you sit down solid and you don't stop, 25 minutes, you can be done. It's probably 150 questions or something like that in in different categories. And what happens when you sign up, you're just going to click on this link that says register now, and it's just some basic information about yourself. You just put that in there, and it's going to take you to some surveys. And those surveys, there's three surveys, but it's four different dimensions of you. Now, I know that sounds like eHarmony, but it's like eHarmony for you and God, okay? It's going to match you up. Across four different dimensions of your self with God. So when you do that, you're going to be able to see this. This is my daughter's. Mine, somehow, something happened with mine. I can't pull it up. This is my, my oldest daughter's. And hers is pretty much just like mine. But this is what you'll get back. You'll get back your e-personality, your grace gifts, your leadership style, and then you fill in your skills. And then, uh-oh, there we go. Now, that's her thats her personality. That's what you'll see. She's a disseminator. And if you know my daughter at all, this nails her personality. It's the same personality as mine. More social, more abstract, more heart than head, all adaptive. <laughs> Look at her. If you saw her room, you'd know what I'm talking about. I asked her if I could share this, by the way. But you'll get this back and you'll be able to look at how God wired you up personality wise then you'll be able to see man then you'll be able to see your gifts and how God has gifted you creativity encouragement faith music worship giving new ministry development that's that's her top 6 spiritual gifts and any of those could be on top at the same at any given time you're going to get that back. And then on top of knowing, and and on top of that, you will be able to go down through and you just see all the church areas where you can say, wow, wow, look at all these different areas where I could serve and make a difference. It's going to say, this is how the person with these spiritual gifts can make a difference in the church and in the world and your family. Then leadership style, it's going to give you that. She is a pioneering leader entrepreneurial individuals who need to be involved in leading new ministry development. Where'd she get that, I wonder? But that's that's the same thing mine is. And if you know me, that's me. Yours will be different. But you will be able to look and see how God wired you up. And then the next one, you just share your skills. If you can paint, if you can get with a saw, can work power tools, you know, whatever. You can put those skills there. And this is where it really starts to kind of hit and make a big difference as far as the church is concerned this is our leader page and as you can see 138 people so far have taken it it's going to go up even more today after you go home and do this but we're able as leaders to go on and if you lead an area you'll be able to do this as well there's everybody and if your information is there it's just your email address but there's that's their area of giftedness so if, if I'm looking for somebody to be a pioneer because we're starting a new site of LifePoint Church, then I just say, where are my pioneers? The people that won't be intimidated. People are going to love it. The people are going to feel like they're doing what they're created to do when they're getting to start something new. There they are. They're the people that I would go and say, hey, guess what, we're starting something new. And they wouldn't go, oh, new, I hate change. I don't like new stuff. I, new stuff, that's not for me. I like old stuff, predictable. That's what I like. They wouldn't say that. They would say, New? I love new. I love fresh. I bicep just because it says new and improved on the box. New is me. These people would get real excited. And then let's say, let, let's say something big's going on, like the offering we're going to do here in just a few minutes for Haiti. And I want to call some people and I want to say, Look, we need to make sure it hits this amount. I'm not going to do that if I don't know that that's an area where you're gifted. I say, Hey, you gifted people, you need to know. And I'm not going to let you see who all the givers are. But that's that would be their area of giftedness. And they wouldn't say, great, he's asking for money again. They would say, thank you for giving me the opportunity to make a difference with the gift God has given me. Just imagine if you could do that in every single area of your life. And so now, when it comes time to ask, find somebody who can be a greeter or lead the team a team leader with the greeters or whatever area of our church, then I just go and I find out, okay, who are the team leaders? And I ask you and you don't hesitate. You don't hesitate because it's your area of giftedness. You don't have to wonder if you're good with people. You already know that. You don't have to wonder if you're intimidated by sitting and talking, by meeting somebody for the first time when they walk in the door. You already know that, and then you get asked, and that gets matched up, and then things really start to get in sync. And it's like, I can't wait to get there and do that. Now, there's still going to be times when there's just an area of need that you've just got to jump in, roll up your sleeves, and do it for a Band-Aid purpose, whether you like it or not. I mean, that's just life. That's the way it works. We may run late like we are, and I would say we need help tearing down. And whether you're good with folding up a stage or not, you need to come and help because we've got to get out of here before the spy next door starts playing on the screen. So there are going to be times you just have to do that. But just imagine if the bulk of the time you were serving in an area where you're gifted, and the bulk of the time in your life you were in an area where you were gifted, just imagine how much better life would go and how much differently you would look at serving God gifted each person by his grace, and you will be more in sync when you find that area of giftedness and you spend the bulk of your time there. Life will make more sense, and you will be one step closer to the full life that Jesus Christ promised each of us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace and the way you gift us, the way that you have... Given each of us gifts and talents that can make a difference in the world. Father, I pray that people go home and they go to that website and they they go through those simple surveys to help find how you wired them up. Father, as people begin to serve in their area of giftedness in our church, in their families, in their careers, may you use each of them to make a difference in the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are on our e-news list, uh, this past week I sent an email to the whole church about what's going on in Haiti. And if you've read any news or watched any news, you see the devastation where tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people have died. And when I saw that for the first time last week, I thought of the book of James where he says, Pure and undefiled religion is religion that takes care of orphans and widows in their distress. And what that meant in the book of James, because people in the first century, because of their culture, if if you were an orphan or a widow, you had no one to look out for. You had no one to take care of you. Nobody. And that's what's going on when I watch the news in Haiti. I see people with no one to take care of them. And if we're going to be the followers of Christ that we're called to be, then we need to help make a difference. So we started to investigate, how can we quickly make a difference? And, I mean, there's millions, maybe even billions of dollars needed, so how can our little bit of money be put in a place that really makes a difference? And I made some phone calls, and I know different people that are connected there. But because I know this one organization, and because I know where it's based, I know where the money's going to go, and I trust in them because they've been dedicated to Haiti long before this earthquake took place. The organization is called Joy N I N Joy in Hope.org and if you could bring that website up Chris just people look at that it doesn't I don't think it says anything about the hurricane that's just their website. It's based at Cross Point Church in Kerry. I'm friends with the lead pastor there and last week I got with him on the phone and I said okay how can we help? What can we do? And you know he's telling me all these things that are going on and I said I need to boil it down to a manageable number or something. And he said it costs a dollar a day to feed the 500 people a day that are coming to our compound to be fed. They own 20 acres there. They have three houses. They hope to have eight houses soon. Hospital, water filtration plant, the whole thing. They have a long-term vision for that country. And they're already doing it. But he said it costs a dollar a day to feed each of the 500 people who are coming to our compound to get rice and clean water. That's it. And 300 people a day are being housed, being, not housed, but... They sleep on the grounds, on the lawn of their compound. And I said, what if our church took the next two weeks? There's going to be other needs come up, and I'll let you know what those are, but what if we just took a manageable number? That's $7,000, both sites, four services, 750-plus people. Could we gather seven grand to be able to feed people for two weeks? We're going to spend $7,000 collectively as a church eating lunch in a little bit so surely we can hit seven grand across four services and two sites to take care of feeding those people for the next two weeks so the way it's going to work make out your checks to Life Point Church or drop cash in there either one and that money will be on its way to feed people so that over a 14 day period they're going to each have a meal it's not much it's rice and water but it's a meal And God will use every dollar you give to make a difference. And I'll let you know through email and we'll let you know next week what the final offering was. But on your way out, the ushers will be standing at the door with the popcorn buckets. And you just uh, drop your offering in there. If you've already made out your check for some reason to Joy and Hope, some people did that first service, that's okay. You can do that. Just drop it in there and we'll still make sure it gets to where it needs to go. Uh, if you want to share this website with people, there's a way they can click on Donate. Just feel free to do that. Put it on your Facebook email or whatever because I know these people and I know that it goes exactly where they say it's going to go, 100% of it. So please consider doing that. I'm going to pray. The band's going to play and then you'll be dismissed. Father, as we see the devastation, it almost looks like a movie we're watching on TV, but God, there are lives that's connected lives connected and hurting every time a family member is lost God I don't even try we don't even try to understand but we know that somehow in this tragedy you will work and Father may every person who holds out their hands and receives rice and water somehow your spirit would work through that one dollar meal and they would Feel and sense your presence. Father, I pray for the people who lead that ministry in Haiti. I pray for all those staff members at Joy and Hope, and I pray that they they are able to share Christ's love in a way that helps them look past the pain and see the awesome power in your Son. Father, we give this offering from our hearts and may you use it to make a difference.